Okay, good morning everybody. We are on Chav Dalad Amin Aleph 24a at the Gemara at Amar Mar, which is, if you start from the wide lines, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Eight lines down in the wide line. <clears throat> so we just told us a fascinating saying. The Gemara says, Amar Mar. So we taught already, and now we're going to repeat it. Zem Machser Panavakari, you have two people lying unclothed in a bed, and each one wants to say Shema, so one turns around and says Shema, and the other one turns around and says Shema. And therefore, neither one is looking at any nakedness, and since neither one is looking at any nakedness, seemingly that's okay to say Shema. So says the Gemara, well, hold on a second. But there is, their rear ends are touching each other, and the halach is that one is not allowed to be touching an erva, one is not allowed to be touching a part of one's nakedness when they are saying Shema. So fine, it's very nice, you're not seeing anything, but you are touching something, and the rules are you can't touch it. So it must be Messiah, the Rav Huna, Dam Rav Huna. Agavos ain behemishum ir erva that the that one's or anyone's rear end is not a problem of an erva and that's why even though they are touching each other it's okay so the says great lame messiah ravuna maybe I can even prove this fact ravuna that. Uh, that this is not called an erva, it's not called nakedness, because it says, Ha'isha Yoshevas, a woman is allowed to sit, even though, again, well, we'll see in a second, because the chalasa, she is allowed to sit and take off chala from her dough, even though aruma, even though she is naked, even though that means she's going to have to make a bracha, she's going to say whatever bracha they make on chala, hafresh chala, minis or something, whatever bracha it is, they're going to have to make a bracha, and even though when they have to go ahead and make a bracha, so, usually you can't make a bracha when you are, when you could see nakedness, so here, even though she can sit down, and by sitting down, she will cover her genitalia area, even though it's true, the Gemara assumes that right now, her backside will be uh, will be exposed, but that's okay, because as we're saying, that is not called an error, that is not called nakedness. Because she's able to hide her face. Her face is just a nice language for her genitalia in the ground, and therefore she won't be able to see her genitalia, and therefore there is no problem of uh, of seeing any nakedness. Of Allah, not a man, because a man, if he is sitting, he will always be able to see his genitalia, and therefore you're not allowed to make a bracha when you can see that. So the Gemara says, no, that's not a proof because what's happening here is she is. Uh, she is sitting so closely to the ground and she's sitting so, um, uh, I don't know, close to the ground that her entire, uh, both her, her genitalia and her uh, rear end is inside the ground and therefore none of it could be seen and that's why she's allowed to make the bracha. Not that part of her, uh, for originally the Gemara assumed that some of her backside was able to be seen and therefore it was a, it was a novel idea that that is not called a uh, erva, but now we're saying no, all of it was covered and because all of it was covered, that's why she was able to make a bracha. Great. Amar Mar, another teaching. Uh, even if one's family members are unclothed in the uh, in the bed with you, you're allowed to say Shema. To what degree? When is it called nakedness? When is it called the nakedness? Whether you're not allowed to say Shema when you're staring at nakedness. So at what point is it that they're too old that that's called nakedness? Girls who are three years old, and a boy who is nine years old, because as we've seen in the Gemara Nida, in the Gemara Yavamas, in the Gemara in other places, that is already when they are fit for having relationships. Well, it's just a quote. It's just like earlier, earlier today on, right? It's just, it's just saying earlier. Right? I remember, it's just, it's just quoting that earlier. Um, 
So he says, or it could be another version, Tinokas Basura of Shona, if you have girls who are eleven years old, or they are twelve years old, because again, that has shown some signs of maturity, and that is already the age you're no longer allowed to if you see their genitalia, you're not allowed to say Shema, because that would be called Erva. But I I these these times are that the breasts are getting prepared, the hair is starting to spread, and therefore they have hit a level of maturity. Earlier we said, even though it's a question against Shmuel when discussing whether or not one does not have its filling in their bed, we brought a disproof against Shmuel and we said, still, we said, even though we had a disproof against Shmuel about the filling in your bed, we said, still, the Allah is like him. Well, what about here where, where Shmuel held that one is allowed to say Shema, the one's allowed to say Shema, even though uh, one, uh, one is lying there unclothed with their wife, whether or not they're allowed to say Shema. So the Gemara says, do we hold it that? Do we put it all together that everything Shmuel says we just hold like? No! Where it was said, i.e. by the film by your, by your, by your pillow, we said the Allah is like Shmuel, so that's the Allah. In a place where we did not mention the Allah is like Shmuel, low it, we don't hold that way. Amrle Rav Marilor of Papa. So he asks, Sar Yotemibigdo, if one uh, is able to see pubic hair that is coming out of one's clothing, are you allowed to say Shema? Amai, are you allowed to say Shema when staring at pubic hair? Is that called an erva? Is that called nakedness? So, Kara Allah, so you respond, Sar, Sar, it's just hair, nothing to worry about since there's nothing actually there, there's no actual uh, erva there. So then one would be allowed to say Shema. If there is a uh, a hand's breadth of a woman uncovered in front of you, that is called an erva. That is called nakedness. So Gemara says, well, lemai. To what halachic ramifications does it have that a tevach of an unclothed woman is called an erva? So If you're saying that if you see a tevach, one is not, not allowed to stare at a woman uh, and stare at a tevach of her, that would be what's usher. But if, let's say, you were staring at less than a tevach of a woman, that would be permitted. Amr of Sheshas. Why is it that by the war with Midran, the Torah describes, puts together, that when we had to atone, we atoned both for, with, uh, we took the, the, the jewelry that was uh, on the outside of their body with the jewelry that was inside of their body. Because it's to tell you, if one looks at any part of a woman, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter if it's revealed, no matter if it's out in the open, no matter if it's covered, if you stare at a woman and you enjoy staring at said woman, it is like you are staring at her genitalia, and that is absolutely awesome, regardless of what part of the woman it is. So the Gemara says, you're right. Al-Bi'isha, what we're talking about, when we say a tefach is, is called nakedness, it's not talking about a regular woman, because a regular woman, if you just want to stare at a regular woman, it's absolutely us, regardless of how much of her is revealed. But what we're talking about is to be able to say Kriyashma. So, uh, when one is trying to say Kriyashma opposite their wife, if even a tefach of something that's usually covered is uncovered, one would not be able to say Kriyashma by their wife, and seemingly, that would be the halach by all women, that if a tefach of what's usually covered is now revealed one would not be able to say Shema opposite that woman. Obviously that runs into a lot of halachic problems when you're trying to say Kriya Shema in public areas.
Shok Biisha Erva, the shok of a woman. There's a debate in the post what's a shok. The Mishabru says the shok is the thigh of the woman. The Chazunish says it is the calf of the woman. So we say either the thigh or the calf of a woman is an erva, and therefore you will not be able to say Shema when you can see either the calf or the thigh of a woman. Shemar Gali Shok Avri Naharos, you reveal the shok, you pass through rivers, and we say Sigil Erva Secha. You reveal your nakedness, and you see your embarrassment. And therefore, uh, those things also, if you can see that in a woman, you're not allowed to say Shema when seeing that. Amar Shmuel kol isha erva. The voice of a woman is an erva. And if you one would hear the voice of a woman, they would, first of all, not be able to say Shema. But even more than that, also, they're not allowed to do it. Just like anything that is an erva, one is not allowed to enjoy, one is not allowed to benefit from. So also the voice of a woman, a person would not be able to benefit from. Uh, as it says, uh, your voice is sweet, and your uh, looks are beautiful. The hair of a married woman is an erva. One is allowed to say Shema when they could see the hair of a married woman. Uh, that your hair is like, uh, is like, uh, is like sheep. Like goats, and therefore, I guess that's a compliment. And therefore, because of that, the Gemara says that if one could see the hair of a married woman, a person is not allowed to say Shema when being able to see the hair of a married woman. Obviously, we all are somewhat familiar. This is very famous. Our Cheshulchan, the Cheshulchan says all of these things are societal, and because they're all societal, everything about saying Shema is going to depend on whether or not it is normal or abnormal for people to be covered or uncovered. So, if women uh, in this locale or whatever locale, do not usually cover their hair even though they are married, so then one would be permitted to say Shema opposite that because that is no longer abnormal. And it always depends on whatever is abnormal. That's what you're not allowed to say Kriya Shema opposite of, but whatever is normal, you would be allowed to say Shema opposite of. Amri Rabbi Hanina. once again, they're not talking about your wife, they're talking about a different woman. All women, all women, all women. Wouldn't matter, wife or not wife. Wouldn't matter. I don't think it would matter. I don't think it would matter. I think it would matter by I don't think it would matter whether it's one's wife or one or any other woman for that matter, right? Either way, either way, if a woman is uncovered, that's already that's 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 qualified as nakedness. So I don't think it would matter necessarily if it's not a it's not a it's not necessarily a point. I think the one we're trying to get to is not necessarily a point that this will cause. There's two isurim. There's an isur to look at women, right, to benefit from looking at women. That's only also for somebody who's not one's wife. Then there's a separate isur, which is that you're not allowed to say shema when you're seeing an erva, when you're seeing nakedness. Nakedness has nothing to do with whether or not that that will incite your yitzhar or not. That's just there's an isur. You're not allowed to see nakedness when you say shema. That's not going to matter. It's not going to differentiate whether it's your wife or anybody else out there because. Either way, there's a there's a level of nakedness, and therefore you can't say Shema when you're uh, when you're seeing that. Okay, says the Gemara. I saw Rebbe, he hung up his tefillin. He, uh, I don't know, he had a hook. They installed the towels hooks or whatever, and he didn't use it for his towels. He used it for his tefillin. So, basically, I told tefillin, anybody who hangs their tefillin, right, they just hang it from a peg, it's like you are hanging your life. You can't do that. What does that mean? Aminagid? 
That's somebody who hangs their life is somebody who hangs their tefillin. So low kasha, if you hang it from the strap, so therefore the, the, the bottom of the tefillin, the actual house tefillin is hanging down, that's where you risk your life. You're not allowed to do such a thing. But if you hang it by the box, that's not an iser. The strap is hanging down. That's not an iser if you go ahead and you hang your tefillin that way. That's one version. Or you can never hang your tefillin, not by the strap, not by the box. Also, Vichitala Rebbe, when Rebbe did it, Bikistatala, it was in a bag, and therefore, since it was in his bag, he was able to hang his filling from the bag. What's the Kiddush? The Rebbe put his phone in the bag and he was able to, the, able to hang it, of course. So maybe it needs to be placed down like a Sefer Torah. Kamash one that doesn't need to. It could be hung as long as it's in his bag. It could be hung. It just can't be hung by either the, by the box or by the straps, but it could be hung by the bag. Now, now that we're talking about different things that Rebbe did, I saw Rebbe, no Rebbe did, Rebbe burped in the middle of Shemunah, and then Rebbe yawned, uh, and then Rebbe sneezed, and then Rebbe spat, and then, and then, and then, yeah, exactly. And then he went through his clothing to find any lice in his clothing. All this happened of a low hayimus atev. However, if his fa- if his towel fell off, he didn't put it back on. And when he would go ahead and when he would yawn, so what did he do? So he put his hand on his cheek. I saw Rebbe do all those things. So Mora says, hold on a second. So if somebody could be heard when they're davening, there's somebody who doesn't really believe in God because you feel like you have to uh, say something out loud for God to hear you. That means you don't believe in the divine power of God that he's able to hear you even if you're not loud. That's one. If one is extra loud, I'm sorry, I just said that. You are like a false prophet, because that's what false prophets used to do. They were sitting there and yelling and screaming and all those different things. So you look like a false prophet if you're yelling and screaming during davening. Now, if you are Megai, if you are belching umefaik, or you are yawning, you are somebody who is considered haughty, that you feel like you have this kind of relationship with God, that you can go ahead, he's your buddy. It's like you're watching football together, and you can go ahead and you can yawn with him. One who's Sneezes in the middle of their prayer. Simon Rilo, it is a bad omen for you. Or it is it is clear that you are a disgusting person. Another thing. Harok with Alright, we're gonna get through the horn. Harok with philosophy, give me one second. If you spit in your tefillah, kilu rope of ML, it's like you're spitting in front of a king. So now, the Gorn says, so now we really have four problems because this Gorn seems to be pretty negative about one who yawns, uh, burps, uh, sneezes, or Spits, yet Rebbe did all four. Uh, so the Gorn says, oh, hold on a second. So the Gorn says, Bishlema, Megahek, Umefak. We understand why it's okay, why Rebbe was okay to yawn and to belch. Because Lokasha, come the own. So sometimes after you have a, uh, whatever, uh, you have some, uh, some steaks, whatever you have. So it is, it is, uh, against your will. It's not the right word, but it is, it is out of your hands. 
involuntary, coerced. You have to belch, so therefore, okay. Or you have to yawn. You get real tired. You just had seven slices of pizza. You got real tired. So that's kanla onso. So if you do it uh, involuntary, that's okay. But when you do it, you don't have any great need. You do it anyways. So then you are showing that you feel like you are friends with God. That you could just go ahead and you could uh, you could yawn in front of Him. But sneezing, like Dave mentioned, all sneezing is done involuntarily. So how could we say that? Why was it a good thing that Rebbe sneezed? So the Gemara says. Uh, there's two types of sneezing. If you sneeze, like what we would call sneezing, i.e. that you sneeze through your nose, that is okay. But when our Bryce said sneezing is bad, we don't mean sneezing, we mean passing gas. That's what we mean. This matter I asked in the in the base of Beir Hamnuna v'takilu li kikulu tamudo, and it is equal to me like all of my learning. You know what it said? Hamas avdish b'tfilaso, one who sneezes during their prayers, simin yavlo. It's a great thing. Why is it a great thing? Because kishayim shosin lo nachas ruach melamata. Just like they are giving you uh, comfort down here in this world that you are sneezing. So too, that means God is giving you uh, uh, comfort up there in the upper worlds as well. So, so far, so good. So we've answered yawning, we've answered burping, and now we've also answered there's a difference between sneezing and passing gas. However, last but not least, but our prices seem to imply that you're not allowed to spit, yet Rebbe spat. So, that's also not a problem. Because Eshekar of Yehuda, the Amr of Yehuda, Haya Omer Tzfilah, if one is davening, he's davening Larok, and he has to spit, what do you do? Mavliya betaliso. You have to absorb it into your, into your talus. You spit it into the talus. Talus, no, but if you have a beautiful talus, you just went there to Israel, you have a brand new talus, you don't want to spit in your talus. Uh, so go ahead and spit it in your scarf. As long as you don't spit like on the ground during davening, it's fine. You spit it into clothing. Ravina was standing behind Ravashi. So all of a sudden he had a little bit of spit. And he fired it backwards. So he says... Uh, so he says, Amarlay, Yehuda, Afrikisa. Wait a minute! Don't you hold that you have to put it into your clothing? You're not allowed to put it in your hands and throw it. Amarlay, Ana, Anina Daita. That would gross me out if I had to spit in my clothing. Therefore, it didn't gross me out. If you hakalugi behind you, that's all okay. It's just if I spit into my clothes, that would be disgusting. So therefore, I'm not interested in that. And therefore, I spat behind me. Next. If one's voice is heard during Davni, they are like somebody who doesn't really believe in God. This is only true if you are able to pay attention while you are davening quietly. Then what are you davening aloud for? But if you can't pay attention when you are davening quietly, then you are permitted to daven aloud. But still, this is only when you are by yourself. But if you are in the congregation, you will mess up the entire tibor if you're yelling up there out loud so then everybody else will get messed up they won't be able to have kavanah because of you and therefore one is not permitted to davening out loud when they're in the tibor yeah if everyone's davening out loud or if everyone knows the words if it won't mess anybody up then it's okay but uh, but still you should never be too loud if you're going to be if you're overly loud so that will mess up everyone else around you 
Therefore, you can't be overly loud. Well, everybody's loud, yeah. like yeah. the Karliners, right? Karliners, yeah. Heishver Rabbah, but again, that's that nobody has to have kavana when they're davening, right? The Heishver Rabbah, you're just saying it. It's not. It's not a. Uh, what else could be bad? Well, if they're not in the right place, it's their fault. Okay. It should be in the right place, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Before you. So Rav Abba, the great Rav Abba, have come and So Rav Abba was afraid of Rabbi Yehuda. A lot of people were because a lot of people had the same feelings. Because he wanted, Rabbi Abba wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael, and he was afraid to talk to Rabbi Yehuda because he knew Rabbi Yehuda would tell him, "Dom Rabbi Yehuda, call a olam Anybody who leaves Babel and goes to Eretz Yisrael over Beheshe, he has violated a positive commandment. You're not allowed to go to Eretz Yisrael. Shunemar Babel you will be brought to Babel. Vishama Yuyu, and there you will be. Until the day I remember you, and therefore Rabbi Yehuda says one is prohibited from going to Eretz Yisrael until the times of Mashiach. Omar, he says, milsa. He says, let me go, let me hear something from base Vada. Let me hear something from Rabbi Yehuda's base Madrish. The Hadarapik, and then I'll go. I won't let him see me. I'll make sure he doesn't talk to me. I'll go ahead. I'll hustle the base Madrish. Also, he went, Ashkelatani found Zatana, the Katani Kameh, the Yehuda, and he was saying as follows Haya Omer, Bitzvila, if one is standing in Daphne, even it's after she passes gas, what's he supposed to do? Mantinachi Yechla Ruach, wait for the smell to dissipate. And then, Vichozur Muspal, then go back to Daphne. Ika the army, another verse is Haya Omer, Bitzvila, who became the Hisatish, needs to pass gas. Marchik Lachor, Dalan Amos, walk backwards four Amos, four cubits, Umis Adish, pass gas. Wait for the smell to dissipate. The and then come back to where you were davening. The Omer he says follows. Ribono God, you created many cavities, chalum chalum, and many holes in a person's body. You know about our our embarrassment. both in our lives. And in the end, we're going to be rima v'tola. We're going to be like worms and maggots are going to be eating us. And after you say that, you just pick up from where you left off in Shmuel Esther. So after Abba heard this in the base manager of Yudah, if I had just heard this my whole life, it would have been enough. This is such a beautiful saying that you are supposed to do. So one is sleeping in the talus. It means they're not wearing any other clothing except for this one cloak, this one uh, talus. You're not able to take out your head because it's too cold. So what are you supposed to do? Put the talus on your neck, Bikari Krishma, and say Shema. The Yesh Omer Malibo once says, No, put it by your heart. The, uh, put it on your heart. Because again, the first opinion wants to make sure that your eyes don't see your nakedness, therefore you put it on your neck. And the second opinion says, Besides your eyes, also your heart can't, uh, I guess figuratively, see your nakedness, therefore you should put it right under your heart. That's been an interruption, an interposition between your heart and your nakedness. Your heart is seeing your nakedness. So he holds that one's heart is allowed to see their nakedness. If one is walking in dirty alleys, so therefore there is urine, there is excrement, there are all these things in the alleys. So what are you supposed to do? Put your hand on your mouth and say Shema. 
So, Im if Rabbi Yochanan himself would show up here and tell me that halacha, I wouldn't listen to him. What are you, crazy? You're allowed to say Shema in alleys with excrement and urine just by covering your mouth? No shot. And therefore, even if he would show up and tell it to me, I would ignore him. Another version of the story. Person walking these disgusting alleys. Again, in Alice, Rabbi Shubham Levi, not Rabbi Yochran. And again, if Rabbi Shubham Levi would come himself, I would not listen to him. So finally, the Gorn says, Umi Amar Ravuna Hachi. And does Rav Huna really say this, that one is permitted to say Shema in these disgusting alleys? Well, Rav Huna, Talmud Chacham, a Torah scholar, also la'amu b'lo'kotunov, is not allowed to stand in a disgusting spot. Why? Because of Talmud Chacham, his whole life is all about Torah. And therefore, you know what he's going to do if he's standing there for a moment? He's going to start thinking about Torah, and it seems to me that that is prohibited in disgusting alleys. So how could Rav Huna then say, you're allowed to say Shema in this disgusting alley? If you're just standing there, it's prohibited. But if you're walking, that's permitted. You're walking through, you're not really there, you're just kind of passing on through, and therefore it's permitted. If you're standing there, you're stationary there in these alleys, you're not allowed to think about Torah. Says the Gemara, Umi Am Rabbi Yochanan Hachi, is it true? What Rabbi Yochanan says that you're allowed to say in these alleys, the Ha'amar Rabbi Bar Bar Chana Am Rabbi Yochanan B'chol Ma'akum Mutalahar B'Divrei Torah. Wherever you are, you're allowed to think about Torah. Chutz Beis Amerchas, except for the bathhouse, Umi Beis Akise, and the bathroom. And the Gemara says, so now, and seemingly also these disgusting alleys. And I'll go ahead and say Shema because you have the same problem. You have the urine and the excrement problem. So Vichitem, if you'll respond to me, Hachanami Kam Ba Omen Kam Ha. Well, hold on. There's a difference. If you're walking through, it's permitted. And what he was saying, what it's also he meant when you were standing there. So, any, but we know that's not true because there's a story that he was walking behind Rabbi Yochanan. And remember, up until now, Rabbi Yochanan was the one who said that it's perfectly permitted to say Shema in an alley. And he was walking there. He was saying, Krishma, when Rabbi Vo got to one of these alleys, Ishtik, he was quiet. And then he said to Rebbe where do I go back to? Do I go back to the place where I interrupted my Shema? Do I go back to the beginning? And on that, Rebbe responded to him, If you've delayed the amount of time it took you to say the entire Shema, go back to the beginning. Uh, so seemingly, so seemingly, Rabbi Yochanan holds that you're not allowed to say Shema in the alleys because he told him you got to go back to the beginning of Shema. So Hachikam, this is what he said to him. Lididi, if you're holding like me, Lididi, uh, Lididi, I hold you allowed to just keep going and say Shema. I didn't even think you had to stop. But Lididi, but according to you, to Svir Lecha, Im Shehitzik, Lelikmar, Skul Lecha, Im Shehitzik, sorry, Lididi, but according to you, uh, according to you who says you have to stop since you hold you have to stop if you stop the amount of time that it takes you to say the whole Shema you have to go back to the beginning but I personally I will hold you could have kept going even in these alleys finally we have prices that support Ravuna who say you're allowed to say Shema in these alleys and we have prices that support Rav Chis who says you're not allowed to say Shema in these alleys if you're walking these disgusting alleys, if you just put your hand on your mouth, 
Krishma, you're allowed to say Shema, no problem. And also, Tani Kavasi, the Chista, we have a price that supports Rav Chista, who's the exact opposite, which is, uh, which is Hayimahalik Mimivolat Hamitunavos. If one is standing in these disgusting alleys, Lo Yikre Kriyishma, do not say Shema. Or not only that, Elishim Hayakore, if you're saying Shema, Uba Posik, you must stop saying the Shema. Lo Posik, what if you don't stop? My Amr and Miyashim are Bereid, or Bishop and Levi, all of our cousin Omer, Gamanina Safdilachem Chukim Lotov. I gave you rules that end up being no good for you because the rules of saying Shema, those end up being your downfall. Or another version, Rabbi Amr, Hoy, let's go with Hoy, Moshe, Oven, Bechev, These people are pulling iniquity, pulling sins with them. It's terrible. And this is the Bryce's sports of Chisla that if you're saying Shema in these alleys, you must stop. And, uh, you have. Uh, been abominable. I don't know what the right word is. You have been disparaging of the word of Hashem. The impasak. If you do stop mascharo, Amr Omer Tarichu Yam. If you stop when walking into these dirty alleys and you stop saying Shema, says the brayso with that, you will have a long life. Okay. If one's cloak is tied on their loins, i.e. what we would call you are wearing underwear. One is permitted to say Shema even though the rest of their body is totally uncovered. If you have this cloak on your uh, loins, uh, one is allowed to say Shema. Going to Chavheim and Aleph, Abba Litfila, but for Shimon Esrei, Achi Chasas Libo, but for Shimon Esrei, it's a whole different world. And for Shimon Esrei, you need to cover your heart. If you look at the top Rashi on Chavheim and Aleph, Rashi says, Why? Tzarechula Haros is Atzmok Omavimelech. Shimon Esrei isn't just a prayer. Shimon Esrei is your conversation with God, and because of that, you gotta look the part. You got to stand there with fear of a Krishna. Ain't no medavim el. Krishna is for you. Krishna is just to uh, is just to uh, 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 solidify your belief in Hashem. So for that, if you're just wearing underwear, it is no problem whatsoever. The Amar Huna Shachach Menichnas B'Tfilin Basic. He said, "You're wearing a tefillin, and oi, you go and you start uh, uh, going to the bathroom. You start defecating. All of a sudden, you realize, uh oh, I still got my tefillin." So you got problems. So what do you do? Put your hands on your tefillin until you finish going to the bathroom. Says the Gemara, what? The guy sits there for his 15 minutes that he's in the bathroom. He reads his highlights magazine. He plays on his phone for a little bit. And the entire time he's supposed to be putting his hand in his tefillin. What's going on over here? So the Gemara says, no, here's what we mean. Until the first, uh, the first, um, uh, what do you want to call it? The first, uh, uh, um, Part comes out. The uh, list after the first part comes out, meaning the first, the moment you have the ability to stop the middle of the bathroom, you stop after the first. Uh, I don't know the first discharge. Uh, discharge. That's a good word. There you go. Thank you. The first discharge that comes out. That's it. You discharge it, and then you take off your tefillin. So the corner says, "Well, the list of Why? Why? Why didn't you just stop right away? Just stop in the middle of your of your going to the bathroom. Take off your tefillin." So the Gorn says, Mishim, there's Shimbengam will. The Tanya of Shimbengam will, Omer, 
Omed hachozer, if one's discharge, it's about to come out, and they bring it somewhat back into their body, maybe they don't let it come out. Maybe it's an autumn day hadrukon. It will bring someone to some terrible sickness called hadrukon. Dropsy. What? Dropsy. Dropsy. Ask your local uh, internist what the heck that is. Silen hachozer, and if urine comes back after you're going to go ahead and urinate and you don't do it, maybe it's only the yarkon, it will bring you to jaundice. It will mess you up. Okay, therefore that's why we say don't just stop immediately. Make sure you let the first discharge come out and after the first discharge comes out, then you stop in order that you don't mess up your body. Itmar, soa albasaro, you have excrement on your flesh, oyador, on your hand. Strange thing. But remember back then they didn't have toilet paper, so it was a little more challenging. Munachas uh, So what do you do? You put your hand, your hand is in the bathroom. Ravuna Amar You're allowed to do say Shema. Amar Amar Rava, my time Ravuna. Why does Ravuna say that even though there's some extra on in your hand, it's okay? Because this is called Neshama Telka. It's just my soul that's praising God. And even though there's excrement on my body, who cares? In the end of the day, that doesn't affect my soul from praising Hashem. Rav Chisda, Amar also calls Krishna my time. Rav Chisda, Tzitzit, calls Mosai, Tamarna, Hashem, Yikamochem, all my bones talk about God, and therefore all my bones have to be able to praise God, and therefore if there is excrement on one of my bones, you can't say Shema. Itzmar, Reach, Ra, Shishu, Ikra. If there is a bad smell, and that bad smell has a source, has a tangible source, i.e., you have excrement hanging around. Ravuna Amar Marchek Dalar Amos Ukar Krishma. So Ravuna says you have to be four Amos away from it, and then you're allowed to say Shema. Remember, as we're going to see, there's two halachas here. Number one, you can't see it, so you, you can't see it. And number two, uh, seemingly you have to be four Amos away, you have to be in a different Rishus. So he says, go four Amos away, and you'll, you won't be able to see it because you're going to walk, you're going to walk forward, so therefore it's going to be behind you. And then number two is, besides it being behind you, the other thing is, you're going to be four Amos away, which puts you in a different jurisdiction. You have to be four hours away from where the smell ends, and then the uh, Kriyashma, and then say Shema there. There's a price that supports Rav Chisda. You can't say Shema if you could see a person's excrement. Not if you could see dog excrement. Not if you could see pig excrement. And not if you can see uh, chicken excrement. And not if you could see uh, excrement in the... In the um, and the garbage, Sharecha Ra, because it has a bad smell. However, if you're 10 Tvachim higher, or you're 10 Tvachim lower, so you're in a different jurisdiction, Yoshev Betzidov Akar Krishma. Then you're allowed to sit next to it and say Shema, Ve'imla, if not, Marchik Malayena, make sure you can't see it. Make sure you can't see it. Ve'chem Litzvila. Four amos from where the smell ends. Make sure you're four amos away from where the smell ends, and then you can say Shema. So you can't see it, and it no longer smells. And then Amar Rav lays Hilchos Akiyama season. That's not the way the Allah passes. Elkiha the Tanya the Tanya lo Yikra Adam Kriyshma lo Kenegat Tzolos Adam, which we agreed to, but lo Kenegat Tzolos Chazir lo Kenegat Tzolos Kalavim Bizman Shenasan Oros Lasochan. So Rav says when it comes to dog excrement or when it comes to um, pig excrement, it's only if the skins if there's skin inside of it. However, if there's not uh, right, if you're not going to put in the skins yet to uh, to go ahead and 
uh, tan it to work the leather, so then it's not doesn't smell too bad, and therefore it's going to be okay. What if you have a bad smell, but there is no tangible source? I eat just somebody pass some gas. There's no tangible source. You can't see it. So, Mahu, are you allowed to say Shema? Amalu, Asu, come, Chazu, Hane, Tzipi, the Beraf. Come see the mattresses in the basement. The Hane, Ganu, you have some people sleeping. The Hane, Garsu, and some people are learning. And even though they're learning, they're not worried about that their buddies are passing gas right next to them. But it's only true by Torah that by Torah, even if your friend passes gas, you don't have to stop learning. When it comes to Shema Lo, then it doesn't work. Then, even if you smell any gas, whether it's yours, whether it's your friends, you're not allowed to say Shema. Even for, for different Torah, we don't say it. Only if it's your buddies. I will today, but if it's yours, Lo, you're not allowed to study Torah when your gas is present. Now, let's say you have. Uh, excrement, but it's passing by. It's not stationary. A bayam or mutter really cross Krishna. A bayam says no problem. Rav Amar also cross Krishna. Amar bayam minal minala. How do I know it? Desnan hatame omer tachzilin. If you have somebody tame who's under a tree, the hatower over, and you have somebody who's tower is passing by the tree. Uh, tame the the person who is tar becomes tame because whoever is stationary is called being there. Since the tame is stationary, this he's the one who's considered as there, and therefore he's able to pass to on to the one who's walking by. If you have someone tar under the tree, the tame over and somebody tame is going under the tree, but he's passing. They're tar. The person who's tar remains tar because he, there's no the fact that he's just walking through doesn't give him. It's not called like he's really there. But vim amad, vim amad, vim amad. But if the guy who was tummy stops, then tummy, then he's tummy because again, then they're both sitting there, both stationary. So too by a uh, rock that was affected with trust, but as Abai says, it's all about you have to be there, you have to be stationary, you have to have established position. If you don't have established position, then it doesn't work. And therefore, that's why it says here also, if x is just walking by and it doesn't have established position, it's no problem at all. Rava says no. There it's all about uh, establishing a position. That he sits alone outside the camp shall be his dwelling place. But, and therefore it's all about whose dwelling place is it by, by Tuma. But here it has nothing to do with whose dwelling place is it. It's all about the Haya Machanecha Kadosh Amrachman of Halek. It's all about is your camp holy? And it ain't if there is excrement even though it is walking by. Amr of Papa, Pichazer, the mouth of a pig, so Kitsoa over something. It is like, uh, it is like passing excrement. So the Lord says, of course, you ever saw the mouth of a pig full of excrement? <laughs> Even though it came up from the water, and therefore you say, well, maybe it washed it off still. There's no way it washed it all off, and therefore there is still some excrement, and therefore it is prohibited. So if you're unsure if there's excrement around, a surah, one is not allowed to say Shema or Davin. One is unsure if there's urine around, Mutarin, it is permitted. Another version, if you're unclear if there's excrement and it's in the house, it's permitted because it's unlikely there's excrement there. The Ashpa, but if you're buying a garbage can and you're unsure if there's excrement there, a surah, it is prohibited. But if you're unsure if there is urine there, even in the garbage, even that is permitted. Why? You shouldn't bring babies to shul. Uh, if they're going to go to the bathroom, you have a well, problem. You 
What? If they're not, I mean, how would you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it could be an issue. It could be an issue. I mean, if it doesn't smell, it doesn't smell. It's probably not an issue. But but if it, if it were to smell, you'd have a big uh, a big problem. Also, can't have it in nursing homes. It's a big deal also. It's the same thing. I mean, just the other side of the equation, but it's the same thing. Um, and that's why, and so now, why is all this? That the iser of davening by urine is only by the actual uh, discharge, only if you could see the discharge happening. Um, he asks the following contradiction, that you should go outside of the camp and go to the bathroom there. Uh, then, there, then there's another puzzle that says not only do you have to take it outside, but you have to cover it as well. So, which way is it? When it comes to excrement, you have to cover it to Davin. When it comes to urine, you don't even have to cover it. Even if it's just there, it's not a problem. Now, so by Torah law, even if urine, if even there is a pool of urine, you are allowed to daven by it. So Alma Katana laws the Torah. When it comes to urine, the Torah never answered it. Just uh, just the actual discharge, as it's being discharged as an Asr. But even if there's a pool sitting there on the ground, by Torah law, you are allowed to daven by that urine. Then the rabbis come along and say, you know what, we're going to make a decree that even by, a, if there's a pool of urine, even though you don't see it discharging, still one is prohibited from, from davening by there. But when the rabbis came along and they made the decree, only when it was for sure there. But if they're unsure, that's what the rabbis listen. If they're unsure, if there's urine, you don't have to worry about it, even though maybe it's there. But again, our whole decree is only true when it's for sure there. When it's not there, the rabbis didn't go ahead and they didn't make the decree. And therefore, by excrement, it would always be usher, but by urine, since by Torah law, it's only us if you actually see the discharge, and rabbinic law is only if you know that there is certainly urine there. If it's for sure there, I see the urine there. How, uh, until when, am I not allowed to daven there? As long as it's wet. As long as it's wet. As long as it's wet, you're not allowed to say uh, daven or say No, even if it's not wet anymore, but you can still see the, the stain, you can still see the, the imprint from the urine, you're not allowed to daven there. No Arm. yellow snow. What? So no yellow snow. No yellow snow. You can see the imprint. You can't do it. So Amr of Yosef, Charle Marley can even. No way. It can't be. Why? Because Hashtag so when it comes to excrement. Arm of Yudamarav, Kimisha Karmu Panel, once the uh once the face of it has become uh uh has become hard, has become uh has become uh uh toasted. I don't know what the right word is, it's become um Crusted, that's what crusted. So then, uh, mutter is permitted, right? Even though it's there, but it's become crusted, permitted, made her a climbing bite. So for sure, when it comes to urine, uh, it can't be that as long as there's a stain, it's awesome. So Armadale Bayevai says, well, not so fast. My aha. Why do you rely on that which says that if you have excrement, once it crusts, it's permitted? Samach aha, I have a different brysa. To Amarava Baravuna Amarav. So uh, when it comes to excrement, I feel kicheres even if it's like earthenware. Asura, it's asur. Nehechadam itzol kicheres. What does that mean? Uh, excrement like earthenware. Amar Rabbi Avraham, Rabbi Yochanan, calls man shazarka. If you throw it, 
The inner nefrechus and it doesn't crumble when it hits the wall. That's still called active excrement, and you're not allowed to daven by there. The yikadiyami, or another version, called man shagola. If you would, if you would roll it, the inner nefrechus, it would not crumble. That is still called active excrement, and therefore you would not be able if that's still around, even though it's very dry. But if it wouldn't cr- if it wouldn't crumble, it would be absolutely awesome. Uh, let's do a little more. Um, Ravina, Havi Kamina, Kamina Rabbi Huda. I was in f- with Rabbi Huda Midifti. Chazatoa, he saw some excrement. Um, Merlin, he said to me, Hey, I, why don't you take a check? Did the face of a crust or not? Or Ekidiyami, another version of the story. This is what he said to me. Are there cracks or not? Finally, my Havila, what's the halache? So the Gorn says, Itmar, Soa Kicheres, if you have excrement like earthenware, Amemar Amar Asura, Amemar says you can't dive him in there, Marzutra Amar Mutaris, and Marzutra says it is permitted. Amar Rava, you want to know the halacha, Hilchasa Tsoa Kicheres, even if you have excrement like, and it's like earthenware, Asura, one is still prohibited from diving there, Omer Glyam, when it comes to urine, as long as it is wet, one is not allowed to daven by it. So one says, wait a minute, as long as they are wet, it is aser. Now, if it's absorbed, or it's dried up, then it's permitted. So my law doesn't sound like doesn't sound like absorbed, it's similar to dried up. My Yavshu, just like dried up, the Ein Rishu you don't see it anymore. There's no imprint. Af Nivlu, so too, and it's absorbed, the Ein Rishu which sounds like Har Rishu if it, there is some imprint, it's going to be Aser. Even though it's not wet, just the fact that it has a stain, it's going to be Aser. So one says, hold on. Oh, oh, that's a nice deal. The problem is, according to you, Amoration, look at the ratio. It says, It's only us if it's wet. But if it's not wet, but if the imprint is still there, it's permitted. So, from this Brysa, you can't prove anything because one half of the Brysa says, as long as it's wet, it's also, and the other half of the Brysa says, as long as there is a stain in it, it's also. So, therefore, you can't bring any proofs from that Brysa. Finally, we say layman katanai. Maybe it's like the following brisa. Kli, you have a utensil. Shnish bechul b'mana meraglaim. There was urine in there, and you spilled out the meraglaim. Then you spilled it out. Also, likros kriyish maknegdo. You are not allowed to say shema by that utensil, even though there's no actual urine there because of the. It was a container that held urine. Well, meraglaim atzmo shnish bechul. And if you have actual urine that is on the ground, if it's absorbed, it is prohibited to say Shema. But if it is not absorbed, it is prohibited to say Shema. Rabbi Yossi Omer, forget absorbed. As long as it's wet, it is also to say Shema. So the Gemara says, what did the Tanakhama mean? What did he mean when he said, it's, if it's absorbed, it's permitted? If it's not absorbed, I'm sorry, if it's absorbed, yeah, if it's absorbed, it's permitted. If it's not absorbed, it's also. The Karma Tanakhama. What did the Tanakhama mean? If he meant that absorbed is defined as the Enma Pichan, where it is not wet, and lo nivlo, and when it's not absorbed, you meant the matpichin. That would be the aser rabiosu the meimer calls mashu matpichin who the aser harishuman nikra hainan tanakama. If that would be true, you would end up that rabiosu and the tanakama have the exact same opinion that even though that as long as it's no longer wet, it is permitted. So what did the tanakama mean? El nivlo when he said if it's absorbed, it is permitted. He meant. Uh, if it's absorbed and you no longer see the imprint it is permitted 
Lo nivlo, if it's not absorbed, meaning there's shum and nicker, where you could see the imprint, it is asr. And on that, asr, yosin, lemeimar, kolzman, shimat, pichurud asr. No, I don't care about the imprint. I care about, is it wet or not? Har shum nicker, shari. And according to Yossi, even though it's it's not, as long as it's not wet, even though I can see the imprint, it's going to be mutter. And that's the machokas, seemingly, tanakan, Yossi. Is it that it can't be wet, or is that you can't see the imprint? The Gorn says, Lo, to Kuliyama, Kozman, Shemat, Pichudas. They both hold that only if it's wet is it Asr. So what's, and Harishumi Nikar, Shari. And if it's not wet, just that you can see the imprint still, that's going to be permitted. So what are they arguing about? Last but not least, on Chavhem Abayz, what are they arguing about? How wet does it have to be for one to not be allowed to say Shema? According to the Tanakhama, uh, according to the Tanakam, it, it has to be so wet that it can make something else wet. It has to be wet enough that it can make something else wet. And that something else would be wet to the touch. And according to Rebiosi, no, even if it's not that wet, there's just a little bit of wetness there. Even though it can't make something else wet, that would still be called wet. And therefore, one would not be allowed to say Shema opposite it. But they both agree that once it's not wet anymore, all that's left is an imprint. One would be permitted to say Shema by Andavan by that imprint. Okay, we'll stop over here and we'll pick up tomorrow morning.